You're listening to Coaching for Leaders. This is episode number 61, airing on October 29th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to improve themselves so they can better engage and develop others. Whether you're a seasoned leader or leading people for the first time, Improving your leadership skills will drive your success, and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic, how to start a mentoring program. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm your host for this show and coming to you every Monday from our studio here in Orange County, California. And this week, I'm bringing to you a request from a listener. One of the things I've uh, done in many times in the past is ask listeners for input on future topics and uh, information they'd like to hear on the show. And one of our listeners had emailed me about a month, month and a half ago and asked about resources I might have around mentoring and starting a mentoring program. And although I've been a part of mentoring programs in the past, uh, I haven't had the privilege of starting one before. And so I did uh, what I've seen uh, Bonnie do many times, and she's been a great teacher for me in this area, is anytime I'm trying to learn something new is to go and grab a good book. And I pulled down the handbook of improving performance in the workplace, which uh, volume two, which was edited by one of uh, my Uh, professors back when I was at Pepperdine, Doug Lay, and his colleague, Ryan Watkins. And I was paging through and looking for some information on mentoring. And I came across a great chapter on mentoring written by Stella Cohen. And as I started to read through, I thought, you know, this would be a great topic for an episode. But rather than just trying to capture the information in there, I thought it'd be great if we could get Stella to hop on the show here and talk with us personally. And I'm so pleased that she agreed to appear on the show. So uh, we have there's so much wonderful information that she has in this interview that I want to get right to. So uh, let me jump right into the interview and introduce Stella to you. I'm pleased to welcome as my guest this week, Stella Cohen. I had the privilege of coming across Stella when I was doing some research into mentoring, and I'm excited to welcome Stella because she is someone who has done a lot of work around mentoring and helping organizations to uh, learn about mentoring and set up mentoring programs. And in particular, she's had a great background in the both the insurance industry and the nonprofit world of being able to implement mentoring programs and other strategies and tactics around leadership development. And uh, she does a bunch of uh, work in those industries still, also does teaching, consulting. And so I'm really thrilled to welcome her and her expertise to the show. Stella, welcome to Coaching for Leaders. Well, thank you very much, Dave. That was such a great introduction. I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate uh, the opportunity to have you on the show, and I'm so grateful that you took a few minutes to join us. And uh, because I, you know, one of our audience members had asked about mentoring programs, and it's just you know I've been a part of mentoring programs, but it's really not my area of expertise at all. So I uh, wanted to give you a call because I know you know a lot more about it than I do, uh, and that's one of the great privileges of doing the show is being able to talk to folks who uh, who are a lot smarter than me and uh, and learn from them oh. and. 
So I am, uh, I'm curious, first of all, before we talk about some of the logistics around mentoring is, um, I I've read some of your writing and clearly you have a, a real passion for mentoring and, a and an excitement yeah. about it. And I'm wondering how you developed uh, that passion for mentoring. And maybe if there's a, a story behind that is how that uh, came about in your work. You know, actually, I was thinking about that. And I realized that going back to middle school, high school, I was always that motivator, encourager, ah. listening ear, the person who wanted to support and help and got a lot of um, motivation myself from contributing to other success. And I realized that, wow, I've had the qualities of a mentor for a number of years, mm. and that seems to be something that I gravitated toward in my career once I got involved in leadership development. And in that field, looking for strategies and techniques to develop leaders, mentoring would come up. And the idea of developing a mentoring program from A to Z, matching, evaluation, everything, pulling that all together, I found very satisfying. And then watching those mentor-mentee pairs mm. go through the process and see their successes. So I think perhaps I was born as a uh, person who has a natural affinity to mentoring because it seems as if it goes way back. Plus, you know, there have been people in my career who've mentored me, and that just served to ignite that passion even more. Oh, Teachers, great. professors, um, leaders, and organizations. And uh, I just find it something that provides a lot of satisfaction for me. I think a, a lot of us who uh, have a passion for the work we do look back and often find some of the seeds of that from long ago, sometimes even when we were kids. So it's so neat to, to hear you say that as well, too. How is mentoring different from some of the other performance improvement methods? Because I think that sometimes many of us get confused between the distinctions between coaching and training and managing and mentoring. I'm curious how you see mentoring as distinct from some of the other methodologies. That's a great question. And, you know, mentoring has evolved from, let's say, its roots when the focus was more in careers. And careers is still a focus. And when I think about coaching, I think of uh, skill building, et cetera. Hmm. When I think about mentoring, there's more of that uh, relationship, that ushering a person uh, through a process, a period, or helping them assimilate to a culture. Shepherding is another word that comes to mind. Now, today, we also have reverse mentoring, so you can have somebody who's at a lower level uh, mentoring that person who's above them. Oh, so, interesting. That's interesting. I had not heard that term before, although I've heard of people doing that. Right, reverse and upward mentoring. And it's the relationship, it's the focus on, uh, again, uh, career movement, the uh, sort of shepherding that distinguishes it, I believe, from coaching, which typically is looking at a skill, to build a skill, etc. Although one thing I was thinking about is a lot of times when we've done things at the executive level, uh, often we're not talking about a mentor, but we're talking about an executive coach. Mm. So maybe it's the name, but that executive coach is somehow similar, that listening ear, that sort of thing. And you mentioned training as well. And I don't, I see 
training, going to a classroom or online, to go through a process, instructional process to learn a skill or change behavior. But there's not that one-on-one relationship or that person who is working to um, shepherd or facilitate your development and that uh, relationship, which tends to be a, a close one, whether it's an informal or a formal mentoring program. I've heard over the years that many uh, people recommend having mentors and that having a mentor can be really good for a person's career, and I've seen a number of studies on that. And I'm wondering from your experience, what works for people in finding a good mentor? Well, I've done a lot of work within organizations, and I often recommend to people to look for uh, professional groups within your organization, such as National Management Association, Mm. where there are networking opportunities. As well, sometimes talking with your leader about your interest in being mentored, not saying that you're asking your leader to be your mentor, but to get some ideas about um, your interests match with someone else's or receptivity to mentoring. Um, I also say that one should keep uh, his or her eyes open and ears open to listen um, to others and people, especially those that you might want to be mentored by, to see if they talk about development and developing people mm-hmm. or if that seems to be something that they're interested in, in which case you might approach that person to just talk to them, interview them, and you know, see if the idea of being um, a mentee might somehow evolve from the conversation. But find out what's available, um, affinity groups or uh, any types of organizations like that where you work or even outside of work. I belong to International Society for Performance Improvement, for example, mm. and going to the to the meetings is an opportunity to meet people or conferences is another opportunity uh, to meet and different social things, even within, let's say, our uh, religious affiliation. It depends on if you're looking for a mentor related to work and your professional growth or maybe a mentor in general. And you don't have to just have one mentor as well. We might Mm. talk about that. Yeah, well, it, one of the things I hear you say around this uh, and all the things you just mentioned is that whether there's a formal mentoring program or not, there's a lot of onus on the person who's seeking mentoring to really start that process. So whether it's listening or going out and talking to people or expressing interest in mentoring that uh, whoever wants mentoring really does need to still take a leadership role, even if there is a formal mentoring program available. Right. Yes. It's, and that's, become more so as mentoring has has evolved the, the idea of the um, it's a, a partnership if you're in a relationship and, and even if you're not you have to be very proactive yourself as a as a mentee find out if your organization has a program um, inquire wherever you can and yes you must own it as the as the individual mm. and it, 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 it may be in terms of finding your own mentor, that it might take a while, so don't give up. And sometimes you can think you found a mentor and it doesn't work. Don't give up again. Learn from the experience. And this is a great transition to talking about 
organizations and utilizing mentoring programs. And some organizations have formal mentoring programs, some don't. And I know many listeners in our community are in leadership roles and maybe thinking about starting a mentoring program or actually in the process of uh, integrating mentoring into their organization or their team or department. I'm wondering from your perspective, when is the right time to start a mentoring program? And are there any wrong times to start a mentoring program? That's a great question. And, you know, when I think of the right time, I first start looking at uh, what needs to be in place and do we have those things? Are we willing as an organization to put them in place? Such as the right time has to be a time when you have resources, an individual or a committee to be responsible for the program. That's mm-hmm. very important. Okay. And does it connect to the strategy? What is the organization attempting to achieve? It could be that further down the road, there's something in the strategic vision that would be more aligned with mentoring. What is it going to achieve? Resources, when we're spending using our resources, we want to make sure that we are um, very conscious of doing it in the best possible way. So it's important to know that you can make that commitment. And there has to be a crystallization of what you want to achieve. Mm. The best time is when you know, here's what our mentoring is. It's part of our talent management strategy. Uh, It's part of our knowledge transfer strategy. We need to get our managers up to speed uh, quicker, embedded in our culture. Mentoring is that solution. And I think there has to be buy-in at the top. It's never a good time if I'm in human resources, for example, wanting and developing a program as the manager director of that area, but don't really have the commitment Mm. above because it will take promotion and uh, sponsorship and all of those things. And you have to look at what's going on in the organization. Too many different initiatives around development, which mentoring is often used for, they can end up being in conflict with each other and there should be some synchronicity. There should be some continuity uh, for, uh, for mentoring to see how it fits. I do a lot of thinking about how does it fit with the strategy? What are we trying to do? What will people walk out of the process with? And how will it advance leadership development, knowledge transfer, uh, diversity and inclusion, whatever the specific goal is for the mentoring program? Start there. That is so key to crystallize what you want to do in order to figure out if this is the best time and the sponsorship, the honest, true sponsorship is important as well, or it could be doomed. And I guess the only other thing I would say is kind of the, the motive for it. it, it if it's you know, for the few as a, as a reward, you have to think about that, you know, is it, good, is it a good time to use that strategy or to implement a program with those motives if we don't have an organization where there's trust and because that would cause more suspicion and it would not work well with having a successful mentoring program. Oh, interesting. Yeah, trust is such a big thing. And uh, and one of the other things you mentioned here a moment ago was, you know, what's the outcome we're looking for? And certainly our audience has heard me talk a lot about what do you want people walking out of an experience doing differently? So it sounds like one of the things as leaders we should be thinking of if we're considering a mentoring program is, 
not just starting a mentoring program, but what's really the end result that we want to see happen and how does it fit into the overall strategy for the organization? Yes, absolutely. And do we have the sponsorship? So assuming many or most of those things are in place, what's your experience with the folks you've worked with and the organizations you've worked with in the past as far as some key elements of setting up an effective mentoring program? Absolutely, they're they're key elements. And just to, to say again, crystallizing the vision, I think one of the first elements is to know what it is and what part of the strategy it's connected to. I had mentioned, you know, things like knowledge transfers, because when it's purposeful, it could just be developing our leaders, but just to make sure that we know that when we're going into it, because that's going to affect the structure of the program. And then to figure out what the structure is, is this a year-long program? Is it six months? Uh, uh, Will we have one-on-one mentoring or group mentoring? How often will we expect mentors and mentees to meet. It's thinking through those things kind of like that infrastructure Mm. uh, before we start to develop things to actually breathe life into this. So it's knowing that and then the matching process is really important. Will we have formal or informal matching? What are the pros and cons? It's working through those things. Having a committee usually together to talk about these things and then run it up the flagpole if we need um, higher leadership to look at that and give their input and their sponsorship and their buy-in. So I've figured out why I'm doing this. I understand the purpose. I'm working through how we will match people. And then policies, figuring out what our um, policies and procedures will be and creating some documents. They don't have to be long Mm -hmm. that we can distribute to our mentees And I think another key element is an orientation or training for mentors and mentees, just so they know, what am I supposed to do? What's expected of me? Mm, Um, How do I do this? Uh, And creating tools to support them. Um, For example, I usually create like a first meeting engagement worksheet with tips, things that you could do, help walk you through to have a successful meeting. to make sure that people get off on the on the right track. Okay. Another important piece is to make sure that you've already figured out your evaluation process, whether it's bringing um, mentees together once a quarter for a touch base. You know what you want to look at, how success will be measured. Uh, you've developed those tools in that process. And let's see, did I leave out anything? Orientation, evaluation goals and objectives, policy, um, a confidentiality statement Mm. um, is extremely helpful as well. Well, this is great because you're hitting on several things I'm going to ask you about in detail because I I think our audience would love to know about some of these these areas specifically too. Uh, And and before I ask you some more details on those, I'm curious, uh, I, I imagine with the work you've done over the years and mentoring programs, you've seen organizations that have done this really well, and you've also probably seen organizations that haven't done this well. What's right. what's maybe an example or a distinction between an organization or group that's really done that thinking well, and what did they do that made their program successful versus organizations that don't really uh, aren't successful or maybe create a mediocre program? Great question. I was just thinking about as uh, as I listened to your question. 
a group recently that has uh, done it well. And one of the things was the dedicated resource, uh, a person who had first level, first line uh, ownership of the mentoring program. Oh, okay. It became part of her job. Uh, it could be a committee, um, but one person. And so that's good because there's a central person, although she, she's still reporting to the vice president of this, uh, of this function, this division, but she has that ownership and a passion for it. So, so that, that's a really important thing. Hmm. And I think the other thing that helps it work uh, and thinking about an organization that did it well is that preparation of the mentors and the mentees. I've seen organizations who they pull mentors together, but they don't really explain enough. Uh, here's what we're trying to achieve. This is what your role is. These are the expectations. They don't do that well enough, and the same for the mentees. And what some organizations do also that helps it work is they tie it to um, the whole performance process, meaning that mm. this could be one of your goals as a mentor. Sure. And they help the mentor see that you're going to get benefit as well. As a leader, you are responsible for developing people, connecting with people, delivering feedback. Here's an opportunity to sharpen those skills. So helping mentors see value for them and ensuring that they are equipped with the tools is another thing that organizations that do mentoring well are very good at. Uh, time commitment is a big issue for mentors and mentees. Mm. And I know with one group, we had a session just talking about time. We turned it into training. We had activities and et cetera. How can you find the time? And, you know, what exactly does that mean? And another point I would make about organizations that do it well is they come up with good goals in terms of what it is they want to achieve. They are able to identify what success will look like mm. and collect that data and do something with it. Sure. And I'd say one last thing is the handling of situations where the mentor and the mentee decide, oh, it's after a few weeks, this match is not working. Mm. Think about what your process is, if that should happen before you implement your program. Uh, so, so people that, have a roadmap for how to handle that should that come up, and I suspect it probably almost always does in a mentoring program. Yes. Yes, and those organizations that implement a program and it doesn't work out as well, they haven't thought through these things. So, mm. you know, will we try to match the person up with another individual? Will we have someone who, you know, interviews the two parties to try to get a better grasp around what the problems are? Will we revisit our process for matching? But the whole idea is that you've thought through those things and, even communicate it with mentors and mentees. Mm -hmm. Here's our policy about that. And those are the things that you do in that, uh, I'll say one day, uh, orientation session for mentors and mentees. doesn't have to be one day, but you definitely need to have a training orientation session. You know, once you get folks together and they're talking, uh, what's what's the best way to determine what, people should be dialoguing about and what people should be talking about. How do you, how do you do that? Do you leave that up to them or do you provide direction? I've done it both ways. I've created, again, I love creating tools and 
worksheets and things to help uh, folks. Uh, I've created uh, one tool that's called uh, Comparing Styles, and the idea is that it's 18 questions that deal with you know, how do you co- like to collaborate, uh, communicate, etc. Hmm. Mentee version, mentor version, and what I say in the training is complete it before the session, and you can use it to jumpstart your conversation. And it helps you to see, oh, I prefer being asked questions. And then maybe my mentor prefers like telling stories. And oh. it isn't saying that you're going to change, but it helps you walk into the situation sort of understanding their differences and we can work with them. And it does give you something that can be a springboard for conversation. So that's something you can do in your training, kind of prime the pump uh, for folks when they have that first meeting. I've also used an um, first meeting engagement checklist. So, and it would have, here's some key things that you should talk about, such as confidentiality, how often you want to meet, when, where, uh, other different things around boundaries, and that can be important. Mm-hmm. Sometimes organizations are really focused on, I want you to set some goals uh, for the mentoring relationship. And mm-hmm. so... Early discussions might be around, you know, how do you like to learn? What sort of things would you want to do to help you set those goals? Or here's what I think I can bring to the table as a mentor to help break down the ice. So I believe in starting this process of getting acquainted even before that first meeting. One of the words that you've mentioned a couple of times is the word confidentiality. And I'm curious about and actually personally curious too, because I've been involved as a both a mentee and a mentor in for formal programs before. And this was always something that seemed to come up is what is confidential, what isn't. And I've been parts of organizations where that was well-defined and other organizations where that wasn't. How do you handle that around confidentiality? And, and what would you suggest as things folks should be thinking about around that? I think that it uh, it should be defined talked about in the orientation or through communication um, at that first meeting or interaction that the mentor and the mentee should discuss it again and the organization's policy around confidentiality such Mm -hmm. as a breach of confidentiality should be spelled out in some documents that you know the mentor the mentors and the mentees would receive that's really critical that confidentiality is um, held to be important. And when you're sharing things, you must feel comfortable. So I see talking about that at that first mentor-mentee meeting. At, at the end of the day, of course, organizations are generally looking for an outcome to come out of mentoring, not doing it just for the sake of having a mentoring program. And right. you had mentioned the importance of evaluation earlier. Uh, and I'm wondering how you uh, how we would measure the success of a mentoring program and, and maybe an, an example or two of an organization you've worked with and just how they've how they've evaluated mentoring and whether or not it's been effective for them. Right. Okay, I can think of one example where um, we looked at the quality of the feedback and support from the mentors. That was considered important, so we were tracking that. Um, Also, all mentees had to come up with a goal that they wanted to implement. Mm. Um, 
a development goal, a project goal. Now, the program was 12 months, so it's possible that you would not have that goal, that project, or what have you completely implemented. So we sure. measured yeah, what percent of it was implemented. Oh, okay. And that was important. The um, sustainability of the matches, um, we considered that important. We were looking at developing, and this was a, a mentoring program where we um, identified emerging stars, and in particular women mm. and people of color. So we wanted to see, are we moving the needle on the development and the opening up of opportunities? Well, I feel like I could talk to you for uh, another hour <laughs> about oh, this. Uh, I think we're just scratching the, the surface. Same <laughs> and and I'm just uh, thinking off the top of my head here. We we may need to talk offline and figure out another way to oh, right, um, right, to right, uh, right. have maybe even in a more formal way have utilized your knowledge and resources here for those in our audience that want to really tap into it. Um, but before I let you go, maybe uh, one thing that might be helpful. I know you're going to send a bunch of stuff, and I'm going to put those all in the show notes. Um, are there some just go to resources you would recommend uh, just off the top of your head that if folks are looking at mentoring? Uh, either just yeah. participating in a mentoring program or maybe maybe putting one together that you'd for sure say, hey, go check this out? Uh, right. A couple that I've used. Um, there's a, a woman. She's an attorney, but she focuses on mentoring in the legal profession, but it's applicable to any profession, Ida Abbott. Um, her site, which I believe is idaabbott.com, she has a lot of resources, uh, materials that I've used for training and orientation oh, great. that are application-focused, not research-based, um, something that a mentee would look at and immediately be able to apply or a mentor. Um, Great. So I'll get, I'll get that link from you, and we'll put it on the show notes for everyone yeah. so you can access and that. And Lois Zachary's site as well. She's got especially cross-cultural mentoring. If you're doing something around that, uh, say that, Lois Say that name again, Stella, because uh, Stella, I think I missed it. Uh, Lois Zachary. Lois Zachary. Okay, great. Before I let you go, I have to ask you, uh, since you've you lived this and breathed this for so many years, who's someone who's been a great mentor to you, and what did they do that worked so well? There's a, a vice president at uh, one company that I worked for, and one of the things that he did was the believing in me hmm. and helping me to process mistakes that things that I saw as mistakes from the perspective of lessons learned. I tend to be hard on myself, you know, so mm. that's like kind of common among people. Often we're harder on ourselves, our worst critic, but that mind shift. And I can remember I worked at the organization where he was, and then I, I decided to leave, and he said to me, you know what, you can always come back home. Mm. And that really resonated with me, and I used to call upon that statement in my head just to encourage me, even after I was gone. Yeah, but yeah. it was that belief in me and helping me learn how to process things that didn't go right in a way that I could learn from them. That was just so vital, and there's nothing like that encouragement or falling on your face and pushing, pushing me when I thought I can't stretch any further. But he said, guess what? You can. Stella Cohen is a leadership development professional, uh, expert in mentoring and educator, and as you now know, uh, 
great uh, resource for a lot of tools and uh, resources around mentoring. Stella, thank you so much for being a guest on the show. You are very welcome. Wow, she's got a lot of great resources, doesn't she? And here's the thing. All of the things that she mentioned on the episode are in the show notes. You definitely want to go this week to the show notes because in addition to a lot of the things Stella mentioned after the interview, she sent over a whole bunch of resources, documents, a PowerPoint, a whole bunch of other things. And if you are doing anything with mentoring or thinking about starting a mentoring program, you're absolutely going to want to take a look at those. So be sure to go to the show notes. You can get to them at coachingforleaders.com forward slash six one. That's for episode number 61. So again, coachingforleaders.com forward slash the number 61. And that is the best way to get all that information. Hey, one of the other things I'd uh, be curious about too, as you look through that information online, for those of you who really have an interest in mentoring or starting a mentoring program is, would you like more around this? And I say that because we do have a uh, episode planned here in a couple weeks as a follow-up to this episode on mentoring. But I'd also like to know is, would you like more information from Stella and me on this topic? Because uh, one of the things I th- have thought about is possibly putting together a webinar for those who may be interested in more information. So I'd love to know if you are interested in that. Please tell me. Uh, send me an email to feedback at coachingforleaders.com. And if we have enough folks that are interested in doing that, we'll get that put together. Uh, by the way, I'd be very curious as well, just on any topic, are you interested in me uh, hosting or providing webinars that would be available to the Coaching for Leaders community? If you're interested in any other topic, also send me an email, feedback at coachingforleaders.com if you think that's something that'd be helpful to you. Or you can always leave me a voicemail at 949-38-LEARN. That's a great way to reach out to me as well. And I do want to remind you, this is the final week, the final week to get in your story for our episode on great leadership stories. That's coming up next week, believe it or not, is November 5th already. And that's going to be episode number 62. You've heard me talk about it the last few weeks. Thank you to those who have already sent in a story. Uh, We have several, but I'd actually like to get more. I'd like to fill the whole show with stories from you, the listening audience. I know you have a story. I know you've got one out there. I know you've been waiting for several weeks as you've heard me talk about this, but it really is now the deadline. Thursday, this Thursday, November 1st, is the deadline for the story. So if you would do this, go to coachingforleaders.com forward slash great leader, and you'll see about a four-minute overview from me on how to submit a story. Uh, It should be a specific incident, and you can either call it into our feedback hotline at 949-38-LEARN, or you can go right on your computer to coachingforleaders.com forward slash speak, and you can record it right into your laptop or on your desktop, and it will take the audio, and you can even play it before you submit it to make sure it sounds the way you like it. Uh, Two minutes or less, send us a story. Again, the deadline, November 1st, this Thursday, you can send it anytime up through Thursday. I know you have a story in you. I know you have a leader sometime in your career or your personal life that has inspired you, that has been a great coach, mentor, leader to you. 
And I'd love to hear that story. So be sure to send that in this week so we can get it on next week's episode. Pony and I are going to be putting those together. And I can't wait to hear more and more of your stories. And uh, speaking of next week and some other information and resources, uh, I should mention that I uh, have a friend of mine, a colleague, who has started up a new podcast called the Engaging Leader Podcast, and you can find it at engagingleader.com. And I wanted to mention that because a few weeks ago, Bonnie and I did an episode on how to apologize, and uh, Jesse Leahy, who is the uh, the host of the Engaging Leader Podcast, had heard that episode and actually had me on as a guest on his show, and we talked about the power of authenticity and how authenticity is important as a leader. If that's something you'd be interested in listening to and would like to hear more on my thoughts on authenticity and how uh, I actually talk a bunch about how Bonnie's just a great uh, leader and mentor for me in this area, go to engagingleader.com, check out Jesse's show, and the show that I was a guest on is episode number nine. So if you go to engagingleader.com, Uh, Go ahead and take a look for episode number nine, and you will see me on there. And he's also, of course, on iTunes as well, so you can find me there. And then uh, one other thing to tell you about this week, or maybe two things. Oh, I think just one more thing is I received an email from William Diaz out in Puerto Rico this week, and we were exchanging emails back and forth, and he had this great little quote from a book called 212 the extra degree which i had never heard of but i did some searching online and he sent me this email and said uh uh, i have a quote i found from the book 212 the extra degree he says at 211 degrees the water is hot at 212 degrees it boils and with boiling water comes steam and steam can power a locomotive So with one more degree of effort, we can achieve results exponentially. And so if you would spend an hour each day of study in your chosen field, you could be a national expert in that field in five years or less. And that quotes from Earl Nightingale. And I wanted to thank William for sending that over. It's a wonderful reminder to me in what we're doing here every week and what I hope you're doing, which is continuing to do things that are helping you to improve, helping all of us to improve as leaders. And if we can take that one degree of effort more uh, compared to what other folks are doing, we're going to help drive our careers and our success. Hey, a huge thank you to Venus Gray, who hopped on our Facebook page this week and liked it and liked a couple of other posts on there. Thank you, Venus, for jumping onto our page. You can get there as well at coachingforleaders.com forward slash Facebook. That'll get you on our Facebook site. Hit like. You'll get all the updates from me each week with articles, resources, all kinds of fun stuff. Pictures of Luke occasionally. (laughs) Lots of good stuff there. Hey, the link to the show notes is on our website for this episode, coachingforleaders.com forward slash 61. And of course, this show airs every single Monday, wherever you are in the world, whatever's on your agenda today. Take one idea, one degree, if you will, from this show to engage and develop someone you lead. Have a great week, everyone.